It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today, we're talking about succession planning, why every senior leader should have one. So succession planning, and now I just want to be clear on this from the beginning, I am not a succession planning expert. Now you might be wondering, Kathleen, why would you host a show on succession planning when the very first thing you say is you're not a succession planning expert? And the reason why is because I believe that succession planning isn't, yes, it is about what's going to happen in the next iteration of the business. And really that's strategic planning. And I am an expert on strategic planning. But really what it is, is saying that in every role that you step into, you get to replace yourself. You get to think about how do I replace myself so that this can continue forward. And it doesn't matter if you're in any any management role, in a leadership role, in an executive leadership role. At every single point, as you grow and you assume new responsibilities, and anytime you are responsible for other people, the very first question you get to ask yourself is, how do I replace myself in this role? And so to me, that's what I look at from a succession planning perspective. It's not, hey, I own this company and how am I going to sell this company? Because I mean, is that succession planning? Sure, yes, that's succession planning, but that's not the kind of succession planning that we're talking about. We're talking about how do I get to a point where I'm going to remove myself from this role? Now, why wouldn't people wanna have that conversation? Because it seems like a, yes, of course, I'll have that conversation, but that's not really what happens. In fact, when I talk with my clients, when they begin with me, most of the time, they're very hesitant to have this conversation with me. Why? Well, here's the reason. Because if I replace myself, then what? What if I don't have a job? What if I don't have a role? What if now I'm out on the streets because I replace myself, but there's nowhere else for me to go. That's the fear that comes with this conversation. But the reality is there's always something more that we can step into. There's always another level. And until we train the people around us to be able to step into our role that we're playing now, then we can never get to the next level. So no matter where you're at, as far as senior leadership, or maybe you are the CEO, you get to you get to train somebody to be in your role to replace yourself. That is actually one of the most important things that you can do. Now, I used to live in the place of fear of saying, but I can't have somebody replace me because if I do, what am I going to do with my time? In fact, I handled, here, here's a, a real real truth bomb for you. In my first business, I ran an advertising agency and I actually didn't replace myself for the bookkeeping role for the first five years of that business. I cut every paycheck. I cut every bill that left that business. So here I am attempting to run the business. I've got a business partner. I've got employees. I mean, we were up to like 15 employees and I'm still cutting payroll. And then here's what happened. Now, this is a very realistic small business story. I bet everybody has one kind of like this, but the same thing happens in bigger business too. So here I am in small business world and I'm pregnant with our third child. He's born and he's very sick. And so in my, my first child and our second child, we went to the hospital, we had the child, we came home about two days later and I was able to 
continue on my, with my work. Now, not at the rate that I had been working before, but it was no big deal to do bookkeeping because sure, I can cut paychecks on Friday. I'll have my kid on Tuesday and then I'll get home by Thursday and Friday I'll cut paychecks. Now that might say, sound insane, but in my world, it worked that way. It was no big deal. But when my third kid was born, he was very sick. And that cycle didn't work because on the third day, he was really sick and all of my attention got to be on him. And so it was no longer cool, fun, or okay to be sitting in the NICU with my baby in the baby monitor fighting for his life and me with my laptop open cutting checks. That didn't work. And unfortunately, I hadn't replaced myself. Now that is a very focused example of where not replacing yourself doesn't work. But think about that in a senior leadership role, if you, whatever role you're in, if you don't replace yourself in that role, you can't grow. The business can't continue forward. And so the question you get to ask yourself today is, who gets to replace me? Now here's the thing, there's probably people around you but they may not have the skills that you do. And so there are two questions that I ask myself and that I encourage my clients to ask when they're thinking about the people around them. Are the people around them coachable? And are the people around them trainable? Coachable and trainable. Now, what does that mean? If you are coachable, it means that you, will, you are willing to accept direction on ways that you can improve. And if you're trainable, it means that you can take those action steps and actually use them to move forward. Now, if people are coachable and trainable, then they always have a spot on my team, as long as you can continue to pay them. But if they're not coachable and they're not trainable, then they no longer have a spot on the team. So if you look at the people around you, right now you get to identify who's the person that could take your role. Now, if you look at them where they are now and you look at them where you want them to be, there's probably a gap in between there probably a gap between where they are now and where you want them to be so that they could replace you. It might be a skills gap, the, the skill may be a hard technical skill. Like perhaps if you're talking about bookkeeping, maybe you want them to learn some bookkeeping skills or perhaps it's how they lead. And if it is how they lead, then in that case, we wanna be really specific about how we support them, whether it's training and development, what maybe you wanted to go into some leadership development classes. Come see me, I can support you with that. But think about that, it's really important as you grow your, you, yourself, when you replace yourself, you wanna know, <coughs> excuse me, are the people around you trainable and coachable and who's the person that can replace you? Now, when I was running that first company, and I looked at the people around me and I said, watch, look at my baby in the, in the NICU. And I thought, I can't continue to do this. I cannot continue to cut paychecks while I'm trying to grow this business because I can't be in every single role. And I had a mentor and he says to me, Kathleen, you're the most expensive bookkeeper I've ever met. And I was very quick to say, but I'm not a bookkeeper. No, I'm not, I'm not, this is not what I do. And he goes, well, let me just look at this from an objective perspective. You're attempting to run this company. You got a baby in the NICU and you're cutting paychecks. You are a bookkeeper in this moment. And as much as I didn't want to be, it was right. I was playing the bookkeeper. I was also playing the new business. I was also playing all these other roles. 
And in small business land, that, that can happen. But in this case, he was saying it's okay to release that. So in this, I didn't replace the bookkeeper with somebody that was already in, on the team. We hired an outsourced bookkeeper, which worked out really well. <coughs> Excuse me. And so we don't always have to have that person internal to our team. It might be somebody external. But if we're talking about succession planning, ideally we want this as to be somebody that's already on the team. Now, I will say there have been cases where in, in all the businesses that I've run, I've run seven different businesses. Sometimes the person I identify is not currently on my payroll, but I know they're going to replace me in that business. And so in that case, they may be at some other business. And that may be looking like a conversation that says, hey, what do you think about coming over and working on our team? I walked into a coffee shop last week and I was going to get an iced tea. I don't even drink coffee, but I meet a lot of people at coffee shops and I have a lot of coffees. But coffee is just a general term for getting together. So I go to have my iced tea and I walk up and there's this gentleman and he's probably maybe in his 40s, early 50s. And he's talking to the lady at the, the, the cashier. And he says, hey, when you're ready, you call me up. It's in your court. And I realized that he was offering her a job. So he saw something in her that could support what he was up to. And I don't know what job he was going to bring him into, but that is a, a way that people find their succession. It may not be within the company. But you know, think about that. If you had a customer service challenge in your company and you go to a coffee shop and you see somebody who's just phenomenal at customer service and you know that you can coach them into the rest of the pieces that they need in order to maybe succeed you, then great. There's nothing wrong with having that conversation. So you may be able to find your successor somewhere outside of your organization and they may be within it. They may be within it. Either one is just fine, but you've got to know the skills that you're looking for and know which ones you can train. Now, does it necessarily mean you have to train them? No, there are all kinds of people in the world that can train. If you're looking at leadership development, if you're looking at technical skills, whatever that is, you get to identify what the gap is between how they're playing now and where you want them to be. Now, what we're talking about, this is high level leadership development that you would get to step into if you want to really grow yourself and play at another level because you've got to replace yourself on the ground level. You've got to say, here's the job that I'm currently doing today and I know that if I want to continue to grow this business or to lead this organization, somebody else has to be in this role a year, two years, three years, 10 years from now or I can't continue to grow or I can't continue to grow. And so once we get over that fear of, but then what will I do? What's up for me next if I put somebody else in the position? Once you get over that, then you, you get to trust that there's something else that will open up for you. Because again, trust me on this one. If you don't trust yourself, trust me on this one. There's always something else. There's always another place for you to go. There's always somewhere else for you to study. There's always something that you can do either within the company or outside in the world that will present itself. But you've got to be willing to train people to replace you because if you don't do that, you can never grow beyond where you are. You can get a little bit better. That's fine. But you don't won't have the capacity to be able to do anything else because you are just growing up until the point that you're at. That's what we call our comfort zone. And so unless you bring somebody into your comfort zone, you train them, you bring them into that world, you can't step out of it into something else.
That is just how it works, my friends. <laughs> and so what we get to do is we get to know that it is okay to replace yourself. It is actually your job. Really, of all the things on your plate, that is one of the most important jobs. How are you going to replace yourself? And then think about the person that has the skills. Do you know anybody that's pretty close to it? So like right now, I think about how could I replace myself in all the businesses that I'm playing in? One of them, very easy. Another one, not so much. So I got a lot of work to do in that area because until I replace myself, I can't continue to move forward. I am stuck. And stuck is not a fun place to be. There is a children's book called Stuck in the Muck. It's one my kids and I read over and over and over again. And it says this exact same thing. It's actually one of the most brilliant leadership philosophy books. And it's written for a six month old, Stuck in the Muck. And it talks about this same philosophy. People come to help get this truck stuck out of the muck. And the guy that's driving the truck, he can't get his car unstuck from the muck. And so he needs other people and he'll tell them, train them and coach them on how to get the truck unstuck. But he cannot move forward until the truck is unstuck. And so when you're in a leadership position and you are continuing to be in that position, but you haven't trained anyone around you, you cannot move forward. You are stuck in the muck. And so your job is to guide someone so that they can be in the driver's seat and you can move forward. And trusting that when you move forward, there'll be something that'll be very exciting for you. There was a quote that I just read and it was in actually in a medical journal, which is irrelevant to the quote. It was a beautiful quote. And it just happened to be in this medical journal. And it said, succession planning, I'm gonna read it. Succession planning and leadership development are natural allies because they share a vital and fundamental goal the right skills in the right place. Succession planning and leadership development are natural allies because they share a vital and fundamental goal, the right skills in the right place. Now we're gonna break that down here in our next segment, but first we're gonna go on a quick break. So you are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Enjoy this quick break. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking all about succession planning. I identified in the first segment how succession planning 
really we think it's about how do we sell business from one one person to another if i want to retire i sell my business or i want to move on i sell my business and while yes that is an element of succession planning i actually believe that it needs to happen in every single business at all levels so if you're in some kind of leadership role your job is to replace yourself well i also think that succession planning is really about helping each person around you get to where they want to get to that's where that quote that we just talked about the one i just read right before break Succession planning and leadership development are natural allies because they share a vital and fundamental goal, the right skills in the right place. Well, how do you get really quality people to stay around? You really help them see their path. How do you get not so quality people to stay around? Don't help them see their path because <laughs> then they'll think, well, I'll just stay around. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe it won't. But you don't necessarily you want the right people to stay around. And by right, I mean the people that are really supportive to the organization getting where they want to get. And so if here's the vision, we're saying who are the people that are going to stand next to it and then move you forward and closer to that. So we think about really that succession planning and leadership development and where we say really uh, filling that skills gap. I believe that all of the people that we work with, it's our job as leaders to look at them and say, how do I get you to that next level? Now, in this case, that next level could be your job. Okay, that could be your job. Now I've got a client that I'm working on right now, and he he's he's a client, he's not going to replace me necessarily, but he his goal is to replace his boss. Now I don't know what his boss is gonna do once he gets there to replace him. And his boss actually has three people that I'm working with right now that we all want to be able to replace him. Now, this guy that they're working to replace, he's he's in his 40s. I mean, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. But how cool would it be if he's got three really strong players that could replace him? I mean, that is that is a phenomenal team. And then they can all hang out for a while and create more opportunity for the company because they're that powerful. So that's what we're building right now. It's a really fun place to play. And so I was just talking with one of my clients. We had a coaching session this morning and one of one of the he's the uh, senior leadership and he's working to replace this executive. And the skills gap that we've identified, he is a phenomenal speaker. But one thing that he typically does when he speaks is he speaks into the mechanics, not necessarily into the vision of where we're headed. So if I said to him, what's your stance on K-12 education in the United States? So do you think that we are adequately funding it? Okay, if I just throw a big question out there, now, typically how he speaks right now, he might go into the mechanics of it, meaning the details of it, but we want to be a visionary speaker because the visionary speakers, the people that you hear really paint a picture and say, education in America, you know, and just blurt it out. They really paint that picture. Those are the people you want to follow. And so this guy that I'm coaching, we are working on being a visionary speaker, which means that he leads with that visionary talk and then can go into the details. And how he does that is literally it's like painting a picture so that people are excited to continue to talk to him. So it is incredible work that he gets to, to do and we get to practice. My job, I get to throw out these really random questions and encourage him to think big picture first and then go into the mechanics. And so that's the work that we are doing. And as we're working on this, what I'm hearing, we've been doing this now, been working together for close to a year, but we've been working specifically on this piece for about a month. And the way that he communicates is getting stronger. I can hear it. And when I go and talk to his boss, he's telling me about how 
that this is being used in the day-to-day -day setting. And it's very, uh, it's, it's really cool because now the executive, he gets to put this senior leader into a lot of positions where he can challenge him in his verbal communication. And that's really neat because before this executive, he would have to do all of those conversations. Anytime a camera crew, a newspaper, anybody was calling a media outlet, he would have to be the one that answers. Now he's realizing that he can actually hand a lot of those off to this senior leader. And that means that because he can hand some of this stuff off, he can focus, my the executive, my client, he can focus on some bigger picture goals. So he's got some big fundraising opportunities. He's created this nonprofit. And he, I mean, these are really cool things that now he's starting to dream about what could this look like and how could we make this happen? And he just didn't have the space on his plate to do that before. But now that he's seen that he can hand some of this stuff off to the senior leader, it's really powerful. Plus the senior leader's learning more of these skills so that he can eventually take over his job at some point in the future. Who knows what that'll look like. But how cool is that? What if you could look at all the tasks on your plate and all of the things that you have to do on a day, a month, uh, a yearly basis, and you could say, well, gosh, if that leader could take on these kinds of tasks, I know he or she can't do that right now, but if they could be able to take these on, that would free me up. And that would be a really cool mindset to be in, to be able to say that. And so that's your goal, is to look at every single person that's around you. Now, if you're saying, gosh, that's like hundreds of people, or that seems like an unmanageable number, well, then we get to go back to how your org chart looks because you yourself get to have a manageable number of people around you so that you can perform the exercise that I'm about ready to tell you, okay? You wanna look at every single person around you that you are responsible for and you wanna say, here's where I want you to get to. So here's where I see you. Here's the kind of skills that I see that you have. Now be very careful that you're calling forward the skills that you see in them. It doesn't mean that it's the skills that somebody else sees in them. It may not even be the skills they see in themselves, but it's the skills you see in them. That's a very important distinction because you may see that they're a natural born leader, but they may not see that. And so your job is to call that forward because you know that when they get to their, their highest potential skill, their highest potential working, that could really benefit themselves, the organization, and you. And so your job is to figure out how to get them there. This is no different than working with a kids sports group. Right now I'm coaching mock trial. I'm not a lawyer, I'm actually one of the few non-lawyer coaches. So we have lots of lawyers, people that understand the law, and our job in 10 weeks is to teach these middle schoolers, I'm, teaching, I'm coaching middle school mock trial, I said that. And my job with these other coaches is to introduce the concept of mock trial, get people to understand the court system and be able to deliver a trial. And they don't just do one side. I mean, this is, this is really challenging. They are both the plaintiff and the defense. So they do one trial and then they flip to the other trial. So here we've got kids that do not know anything about the court system. And then all of a sudden in less than three months, they're, they're presenting not one, but two trials and opposite sides. So they may have an opinion of how the case is going, but they have to drop that opinion when they're fighting the other side. So this is a really big deal. Now you may be saying, Kathleen, why are you coaching mock trial when you're not a lawyer? Why is this appealing to you? And I'll tell you, there's two reasons. Number one, 
is because I get to focus on the communication piece and really landing their messaging. So there's an opening and a closing at each of those trials. Now, last year we had two teams, wasn't a big deal. We had a total of two openings and two closings per team. That was four openings, four closing. By myself, Kathleen, I could handle that because I had four openings and four closings. So eight total presentations to help these kids really land. Now this year we have five teams. That is 20 openings and 20 closing. <laughs> so now we're at an unmanageable amount and I get to actually build a team. Hey, next week's about building an A team. So <laughs> we'll cover that in next week's show. But the concept of this is that these kids get to land a message so that people can hear it. So they start out maybe not being confident in their speaking, maybe not being able to deliver a message and articulate it in a way that somebody else can hear, but I have less than three months to turn them into people that can confidently land a message. So we get to figure out what are the skills that they get to have, and here's what I know to be true because I have done this now multiple times. It's the kid that walks in and says, Kathleen, oh, I just don't believe in myself. I don't know, I'm not that confident. It happened last night in practice. And I said to this girl who said this to me, Kathleen, I'm just not that confident. I don't know if I can do it. So they don't say Kathleen. They say, hey, Andrew's mom or Noah's mom or Caden's mom. Say, I'm just not that confident. And you know what I say? I said, well, I hear you, but too bad because you are and I see it in you and let's go. And sometimes they just need that push. So different than in soccer or in football or in anything where you're coaching kids or not even adults, but kids. I mean, it's so easy to just give them that boost because typically kids are coachable. We haven't learned how to fight back yet. And so they, when you say, come on, let's go, I'm there with you, they really do feel like you've got their back and they'll go do whatever you want them to do. You say, hey, on the soccer field, play on the right side of the field. Guess what? Those kids are running to the right side of the field. They are listening. So they still are coachable and trainable. But it's our job as the leader to say, I see where you are now and I see where you wanna go. With these kids in mock trial, I see the big picture. I see that we are going to be at a mock fake court and we are going to land this trial. They're going to present the entire plaintiff side. They're going to win it. They're going to present the entire defense, defense side and they're going to win it. Now these kids, they don't understand the big picture. They don't even understand their part necessarily. But guess what? They understand that they get to show up and be confident and they get to, they have their questions ready to go. So whether you understand mock trial or not, what you can understand is that when you can see where that kid is and you know where they wanna go and you hold them in that space in between, that's a powerful place and those kids will arrive. They will stop up, they will show up, they will do what they can. And I believe that's a direct reflection of what we can expect in our businesses. So as a senior leader, it's your job to see exactly where your players are. Your players in this case are your employees. You get to see where they're at and where they could be. You get to hold, when we say hold space, perhaps you've heard somebody reference it. It's saying that I understand the space that you're in now, the space, the physical space that you're occupying. I get that. And I see where you could be. Perhaps that's in your chair. And I'm gonna coach you as long as you are coachable and you're trainable, I'm gonna coach you and hold you in that space knowing that that's where we're gonna get. And that's a really powerful place to be. And I'll tell you what, there are all kinds of statistics out there that say people don't wanna work for people that don't believe in them. People don't wanna work for people that aren't confident about their own skills. People, you know, all, there's people don't wanna work for people that don't care, of course. We'd say that's common sense. People wanna work 
for people that care about them. People want to work for people that believe in them. People want to work for people that will guide them. People want to work for people that will look at them and see what's possible and hold them there. People want to work for people that give them honest feedback. People want to work for people that will stand in the fire with them and for them. And so that's what we're calling forward. When we're talking about succession planning, it's saying, hey, you see the people around you and you are willing to rise them up into a new role, which could be your role. So right now, who is the person that you're willing to stand for that's going to be in your position, knowing that once they get there, there'll be other doors that open up for you. But that is the ultimate legacy in the working world when you can rise somebody up, when you can pour the skill sets and the knowledge that you have, and instead of just bringing it forward, it's looking back over your shoulder and seeing who's there that you can bring forward with you. Because at this point in our careers as senior leaders, it's our job to link our arms out and say, hey, come with me. We are not running alone anymore. We cannot be the one that says it's all about me and I'm going to move forward. That's not what we're tasked with. That's what we were tasked with maybe when we were a manager. That's what we were tasked with years ago. But today, our role is to bring everyone forward with us. And that's the thought that we get to have in our minds. So I ask you, who are you bringing with you? We're gonna go on a quick break. I want you to think about that. Who are you bringing with you? You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership, here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be back right after this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Hope you enjoyed that break. And today we've been talking all about succession planning as far as how we get to put somebody in the role that we're in. Not about selling the company. I mean, yes, does that get to happen if you're the owner of the company? Yeah, for sure. But if you're in a senior leadership role, your job is to bring people along with you. Now, I'm going to give you something that's a little bit more technical that you can use to identify who perhaps the person could be that could sit in your role maybe six months, a year, five years, 10 years down the road, whatever that time frame is for you. So one of the things that you can do is get a, grab a piece of paper and you want to label two different columns on there. 
And these are just skill set columns, okay? The first one is technical, and the second is leadership. So then I want you to write down all of the technical skills that to do your job you need. So for example, maybe you need some accounting skills, maybe you need some marketing skills, maybe you need some programming skills, whatever it is, based on the job that you have now, what are all the technical skills that are required to be in that role? Now, not an understanding of them, but an actual fundamental, this is a technical skill I use every day. I'm a hardcore programmer. And, and be clear, I'm not, I'm just using that as an example. No one would ever accuse me of being a technical programmer. But that could be something that you use each and every day in your job. And if that's the case, write that down under technical. And then I want you to hop over to the other column, which is your leadership column. I want you to write down all the leadership skills that you use every single day. And that could be a confidence. It could be decision making. It could be uh, vulnerability. It could be authenticity. It could be uh, having hard conversations. So any of those things, write them down in the leadership section. Okay, so you've got your technical section, you've got your leadership section. Now, if you want to, if you look at the people around you and you want to you want to grow them in the technical section, awesome. There are college classes, there are online courses, there are all kinds of ways to fill technical skills gap. Those are actually not that hard to find. And if you can't find it, there are wonderful programs. Most community colleges will build programs based on what you need. And so the good news is technical skills can usually be filled by certain curriculum-based programs. So that's wonderful. The leadership space is a little bit different because this may be something that you can teach. It may also be something that you get to send them to training to develop. It may be something where you get a coach to develop it with them. So there are lots of different options to fill the leadership space. But once you understand in your role, the skills that you use from a technical and a leadership space, then what I want you to do, and you can do this on a separate piece of paper, I want you to write down the people around you. So let's just say you have 10 people that directly report to you. So grab a piece of paper and number it one to 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 write their names down and then what i want you to write is two columns after that so total of three columns the first one's their name the second one is technical and the third one is leadership so just like you did for yourself for your position i want you to write it down for them and so let's just say you've got a person an employee named jamie so that it would say number one jamie now you would list the technical skill sets that you believe Jamie has. So if she's a phenomenal marketer, you may say she's a phenomenal marketer who has skills in active campaign. So she understands email marketing or database marketing. You may say that she's really good at SEO. So you might write that down. Whatever those skill sets that Jamie has, you write those down from a technical perspective. Then you hop over to the leadership column and you start to say, what are the leadership skills that you see that Jamie has? So for example, it could be handling tough conversations, being direct, uh, uh, kind, you know, whatever leadership skills that you see she has, you write those down. Okay, now you're starting to see the picture of if the skill sets that are needed in the job, and now you can see who has what skill sets, you can start to see who has the skill sets that are best aligned for your role. 
of these 10, you might identify two or three that are going to be the next fit for your role. And if that's the case, absolutely, for all 10, you get to develop them. You get to support them. But for the, the three that maybe are the closest, those are the ones that are going to be on a little bit more accelerated path because those are the people that you are identifying as your successor. And so you want to fill in these holes between where they, what they currently have from a technical and a leadership perspective, and then you want to grow them into the skill set that you have. Now, the really, really great leaders, the ones that I see that have the best vision, they say, I'm not only going to grow them to what I have, but I'm going to grow them to what we need. And that's identifying that there's possibly a need beyond where they are. It may say, I am 75% great for this role, or I am 95% great for this role, but gosh, if I could do this, I would be perfect for the job. So that means that yes, you yourself would get to grow into that, but you're training the people below you, the people that are on your team into the next iteration of the role, not just your role. The coolest thing is when you can train somebody beyond where you are. That is really fun. And it's super powerful because again, it gives you freedom to create whatever you want. So now that you can see the roles that you fit into, and you can see the roles of the, the, the skill sets of the team that you have, now you can start to match. It's like a puzzle to say, okay, who's closest? Who do I get to train? Now, remember, are they trainable and are they coachable? Because if that's the case, if they all are, that is amazing. That, that is incredible. And now you get to start to train and to coach them into those skills. Again, if it's something that's a technical skills gap, get them into a program where they can learn that. Maybe there is somebody on your team that can actually teach them that technical skills gap. For example, if one of the people that you've identified is really strong in programming, we've been talking about programming today. If, if somebody's really strong in programming and you believe that's a technical skill that somebody gets to have and the person that maybe you would like to replace you needs that, but you don't necessarily have that strong, pick, like partner them up with somebody who has that skill set that they could learn it from, or send them to the community college or to the online course or to the university program, whatever that is, send them out to get those technical skills. If it's in the leadership side and you can't develop it yourself, then send them to a coach, send them to a leadership development program. If you don't know where some of them are, there are, you can Google them, there's tons out there, or call me, I will support you with this. My email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. It's so cool to know that there are phenomenal leadership development programs out there. If I can't support them, there's tons of people that can, but we get to be very specific about how we support the people around us. And this is the exercise that you're going through to say, what really do you have? It's like an inventory to say, what do you really have on your team? And getting into this mindset of, I'm going to replace myself. That really is your most important job. Why? Well, we covered that in the beginning because once you can replace yourself, you are free to continue to grow in lots of areas. Now, does it mean that once you replace yourself, you just don't have to come into work and you, you just like vacation or maybe you're in retirement, but you're still collecting a paycheck? I mean, possibly it could mean that, but in reality, it means that you are free to grow in the business in other ways 
to uh, explore new opportunities. In some cases, honestly, when I did this for myself in my first business, I actually chose to sell the business after that. Now, I didn't know that was coming. I was, in this case, I was the business owner. And so it was, I got to replace myself and I realized, well, the next place I want to go into, I'm free to create. I don't think it's going to be here. And that was a pretty cool feeling. I've got another business right now where same thing, we have grown this to a place where the management team can really handle the day-to-day -day operations. And I really just get to play in the strategy place, which is where I love to play. So that's pretty neat. That's an opportunity for people to, once you have people around you that can replace you in your role, you get lots of opportunities to figure out now, what do I get to create for this business? Where do I get to go next? And if you're in a senior leadership role, but you're not at the top of the organization, once you replace yourself, it actually gives you freedom where if you've got a boss above you, you could do the same thing with them. So everybody gets to move up. Or perhaps you start a new division. There are all kinds of possibilities that can happen once you're clear that your job is to replace yourself. What is your number one job? I'm gonna ask you this right now, think about it. I've been giving you the hints, I just said it. Your number one job is to replace yourself. Because once you do, you're free to create the next iteration for the company, to tackle the next big goal, to open a new division, to grow. But you can't do that unless you are linking arms with the people around you and running forward together. So I encourage you, I invite you to see the people around you and see the potential in them and what's possible. When you go through this exercise, one of the things that may very well happen, it's happened with some of my clients, when we dig into this and we see the skill sets of the people, when we see the skill sets of the, of the, the leader, and we see that, wow, uh, we have really talented people here, but they aren't necessarily in a progression to grow. What we may say is, well, we get to change some of the people on our team because while they're very talented, they aren't the people that are gonna continue the progression of the company. And so then from an organizational chart and development perspective, we've got some changes that get to be made. So business strategy can really help it ha happen when we're going through this process as well. But remember, what is your number one job? Replace yourself. <laughs> Now, some people might say it's revenue, Kathleen, or it's creating performance metrics. No, they're all true. I mean, yes, those are part of your job. But if you can't replace yourself, then you really can't grow the business. And this goes, this is no different. If you're a micro business, let's say you only, it's only you. You cannot grow your business unless you replace yourself. So it doesn't matter if you're a party of one or a party of one million. The size of your company is irrelevant. The job is the same. Your job as a leader is to replace yourself because if you don't figure out how to replace yourself, then you cannot grow. You will be doing the exact same thing 10 years from now. And just like the book I talked about earlier, Stuck in the Muck, that's where you'll be. Because if you can't grow, then you can't get anywhere. We're all about growth, we want growth. Growth is great. And that's what's when we're talking about leadership development in a company, it's because we want growth. And you can't have it 
if you are not willing to develop others. So it is not about running forward on our own. That is a very old mentality. And it's something that when you're in your first few years of business, it's probably okay. But once you get past those first few years and you're actually into leadership, what that means is we link arms with the people around us and it is our job to carry people forward, to bring them forward in their skill sets and to see their path and their potential for them and with them. So remember that quote that I said earlier, succession planning and leadership development are natural allies because they share a vital and fundamental goal, the right skills in the right place, the right skills in the right place. We're going to go on one more break. When we get back, we'll wrap all this up. Remember, replace yourself. It's one of the most important things you could do. You're listening to the Kathleen Recent Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Recent Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Recent for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about succession planning and why every senior leader should have one. It's not just about selling the business and what that would look like. It's actually about how we move forward in our careers, in our businesses, in our lives. And it means that in every single position that we're in, whether it's volunteer or in a corporate world. This is no different. I am the president of our community foundation. I cannot retire as president until I have someone else that is willing to step into the ranks of president. That's why typically you see presidents that then become the executive president or uh, they become the chairman of the board because it's their job. They're not done with the ranks until after that president completes their year because if they drop, guess who gets to step in and fill the continuity? That person. And so it's the same thing. You cannot leave your rank, whatever that is, until you've identified and brought in the person that's going to replace you. It's your job to hire your replacement. Now, I did, at the end of the month, we are having a show called Leadership Horror Stories. It's actually gonna be on Halloween, but it's called Leadership Horror Stories. And one of the horror stories that I'll talk more in depth about on that episode, but I'll just give you the highlight right now, is that I had a, this is a former client, and this happened before they were my client, but they had an employee, and they actually fired the employee, but it was like a long-term firing. It was, hey, uh, we're not going to need you in three months, so we'll continue to pay you for three months, but we're gonna hire somebody and we'd like you to do the interview process for this person. And then if you could just train that person and they'll take over your job so that when you're done in three months, they'll be up and running. Now, if you've been in these leadership ranks at all, I mean, geez, if you just have common sense, you don't even have to be have any sort of leadership training to know that this probably is not gonna work out. 
and it didn't. It blew up in their faces and they couldn't figure out why for a little bit because they thought they were really, the leaders thought they were really being kind, saying, we're going to give you this three month runway to find another job. And hey, we've hired a replacement and all you've got to do is just train them. And this person that, that they were letting go actually said she wanted to be a trainer. So they were going to give her an opportunity to train. They thought they were ripping off a band aid to support her in her next career. And in fact, it, it didn't work out that way. I know you'll be shocked to hear that. It did not work out that way. The employee became hostile, refused to support this new employee. The new employee was not really sure what she stepped into and decided this is not the company that I want to be in. And all of a sudden, they hit my client. They, they hired me after all of this went down. They said, why did all of a sudden we lost two employees? And now we had to hire for that role and there was nobody to train them. And so it blew up in their faces and they couldn't understand really at the crux why that happened because they thought they were laying the path for succession. But the way they did it didn't necessarily set them up for success. So that ended up being a horror story. So I'll give you more details about that on our October 31st session. But I say all that because if you have a leadership horror story that you've experienced, send me a note because I'd love to hear about it. I, I can anonymously comment on it on the show. So it is not something we will not call you out or your former employer unless you want us to <coughs> on the Halloween show. So make sure you send those to me if you have them. My email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. I'll be looking forward to hearing your experiences and what happened to you that was that leadership horror story or maybe it was something that happened to someone near you or at a company that you're at. Make sure you let me know what those are. Now, next week, I alluded to our show, How to Build an A Team. So when we think about the perfect team in our company, I work with a lot of teams. So we've got our executive, we've got our senior leadership, we've got different levels. And how do you really get people to play together for a common vision and make it all happen and create the results that we want? That's what we call an A-team, an A-team. You can have an A-team. You can have a B-team. You can have a Z-team if you want. But A-teams produce results. A-teams create camaraderie. A-teams people want to be on. People, people beg to be on them. People work really hard to be on an A-team. In fact, I have a friend who said, all I want to do is be on an A-team. And if this company that I'm working at doesn't want to have an A-team, then I'm out. So if you don't have an A-team you have a B team or a C team, you may actually be losing employees because of that. So it's really important that you think about how do you actually structure your company and use those leadership development spaces to build an A team? Because, hey, guess what? Your comp your employees, they want A teams. They want to work on the A team. They want to be on the A team. They want to aspire to the A team but you gotta lead the A team, you get to create it. It's not something that just happens by accident. You can actually create the A team. So if that's something that's inspiring to you and you say, hey, I wanna do that, I want that for my company, then make sure you tune in next week. We are gonna have an incredible show on building the A team. I'm excited about it and it's gonna be a lot of fun. So make sure you listen next week on the A team. Submit your Halloween horror stories. If you've got leadership horror stories, make sure that you send those in because that's going to be really fun. That one will air the end of the month. So we've got lots of stuff coming up here in October. Now, today, 
I want you to remember from today's show on succession and planning and why every senior leader should have one. I want you to remember what your job is as a leader. Your job is to replace yourself. Now that may be scary. That might be threatening. We might be saying, but what if I do? What's going to happen? But you know that once you replace yourself, it's okay because it's going to open up more opportunities for you within the current space that you're in or who knows, maybe it's going to open something up outside of that. But when you trust that the people around you get to be developed, when you look at them and you say, what I see in you now is this, but I know that with some development, you can get here, you can get into my role. And I'm going to trust that when I build that path, it's for everybody's best interest. <coughs> Excuse me. That is the goal. That is the goal. And if you're ready for that, then let's go. You've got the skills I talked to you about building out your levels of leadership. What is it required in your current role from a technical and a leadership perspective? Write those out. Then look at the people around you. If you've got hundreds of people that you manage, it doesn't work. You get to revamp your organizational structure. But if you've got a few people that you manage, then cool. But let's run together. Let's figure out what this looks like and how you can replace yourself. Because when you can replace yourself, you're actually stepping into a higher level opportunity of what you get to create. How fun is that? Super exciting. So succession planning, how are you going to replace yourself? Remember, years ago in your career, it was about how far you could go. It was about you beat the star. But guess what? This is your awakening. In this moment, it's not about you. It's you are now judged based on how you can develop the people around you. And that's what we're here to talk about. Because when you succeed, when you, well, succeeding is about how you replace yourself. So that means that you're linking arms with people around you. You're looking over your shoulder and saying, who's coming with me and who's going to replace me? Because when you replace yourself, you open up opportunities to create so much more. So you get to get on board with that. How cool is that? All right. That's what we're going to make happen. So you have been listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We come here every Monday and talk about uh, topics like this for executives and senior leaders. If you have topics that you want to hear about, send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Kathleen at KathleenReeson.com. Remember, today you have one thought. Who gets to replace you? Because that's your job replace yourself. So think about that. Write down the name and that's your new job. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.